Welcome, everybody, to episode 127 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Carlos, and I'm joined here with Logan. Yo! And Kubey. Don, don, donuts! <laughs> and uh, today, as Kubey uh, alluded to, we have a... Donuts. Spoiler cast. Oh, yeah, oh. okay. I wish I had donuts. Don't be too. depressing me. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we have a spoiler cast for you uh, about Shirobako, which you probably already know because you probably saw the title. So I'm just going over <laughs> stuff you know. I listen to all podcasts blind. <laughs> That's impressive that you can select the podcast that way. I'm, I'm it's very a subscribe impressed. button. You just play it in order that it downloads. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> um,. But yeah, so uh, what you guys, what you guys think of the cast today? Um, utter shit, just the worst one we've ever done. <laughs> okay, uh, given I think it's up there top five. Given, given, <laughs> given away our, our thoughts early. Okay, well yeah. before they spill any more of the beans, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, get us into this episode. So please yeah. enjoy. Thanks for listening. of these uh studios and just anime businesses in general going out of business now it appears yeah i'm surprised to see that well not surprised maybe get some are more surprised than others it's bound to happen yeah i mean and to be fair bankruptcy isn't like a dissolution it's just like you know we can't make I mean, it, it's it's not the end of... Otherwise, there would be so many companies right now, like especially big-name companies in the States, that would be completely gone. Right. Um, for studios, though, it usually means they're done. For... Uh, I'm not sure what it means for, like... Um, uh, the people who make, like, figures and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't recall ever uh, seeing names come back when they've gone away for manufacturers like the market's pretty crowded so i can see you know individual sculptors or people staying in the business but yeah as the company i wouldn't expect them yeah. to come back i i assume that they'll like i actually kind of expect to see new new studios and new manufacturers like kind of 
come out of you know these different ones mm-hmm. i'm sure like a lot of sculptors and a lot of like the production teams uh uh will go to other studios but like you know sometimes you get like the the studios that'll just be like okay well this studio is done i might as well you know try and strike it out on my own that way i don't get caught in this again right um for those of you who don't know uh recently as of this recording um there have been a string of uh of unfortunate closures due to um the corona pandemic um including one that we were actually talking about this morning that was uh uh sega the sega arcade um in akihabara uh, specifically the second building will be closing its doors uh for good which is kind of surprising but kind of not i think um and that's something we were talking about earlier today i mean what did that sega arcade have to offer that the others did not it was bigger <laughs> okay i mean i i will say i like that say i didn't go to that sega arcade very often yeah uh for mm-hmm. the reason that that steven alluded to when we were talking this morning he essentially said like it's kind of out of the way yeah a lot of people get off at occupa station and occupa station is where all like the big landmarks are and like sega arcade four and seven are closer to occupa station the thing is, they're tiny. Yeah, they are small. You you run into people a lot in those ones. I don't know if I ever went into building one. I think even in all of our all the walking I did around Akiba, I think the picture that I took of it, I think it's the only time I got that close. I don't uh, recall. Which one's building one again? That's the one on the corner by the bridge. That that's the one that closed. Uh, building. I two. thought it was building two yeah. that closed. Was it two? Yeah, it was two. I don't know. Maybe one and two are right next to each other. Maybe they're both closing. I, from what I see, it's only two. Either way. But yeah, like seven has the Love Live Cafe. Four is the one that's like right as you come out of Occupa Station, like right to your left, there's the, the Sega Cafe or the, sorry, the Sega Arcade. And then there's one, I don't remember which, which what the building number is, but like if you go to um, Sega, the, the fourth, I'm sorry, the seventh building where the Love Live Cafe is and you walk down the street a little bit further uh to the right it's uh there's another like there's literally another sega cafe not very far like you're not walking very far to get to the next one right uh so it doesn't surprise me considering how oversaturated that area is with just that that one type of arcade um but it is kind of sad to see especially since you know uh, doing some reading this morning it seems like the arcade industry in japan is is on somewhat of a steady decline so joining the rest of the world yeah unfortunately because yeah i mean japan is kind of like the last bastion really yeah, as far as i'm except for yeah. like i mean unless you're like a fighting game enthusiast in which case uh, korea has a pretty big scene and um <laughs> weirdly enough pakistan has has uh has like a, a pretty famous little like makeshift arcade like the the people <laughs> made it and they produced one of the tekken champions uh f- last year hmm. so i mean there's other there's definitely other places but like if you want to go especially if you want to play like anime games like you know you're not getting concoli arcade anywhere outside of the states maybe china but i really doubt it some con- some chinese concoli knockoff 
It actually did that. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw. I think I saw a video somewhere. You mean, yeah, you mean <laughs> it looks straight up like Conkle gameplay. They 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 did that. It was it was just it was like an arcade cabinet, just like Conkle. Conkle like filed suit against them, and suspicious. Like this was when I was still playing Conkle. I think like suspiciously after that, like <laughs> Conkle started getting DDoSed really hard. <laughs> it's really funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah, poor Conkle. <laughs> Come to the West, damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's not what we're here for today. Because we speaking watched... of studios closing, oh, <laughs> that's probably not appropriate. <laughs> Bad transition. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of studio closing, the the studio that you know we did a, a review on, or not a review on, we did a review of one of their anime last time around uh, is closing, um, which is sad. But this isn't sad. We're talking about Chirobako. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. That was a really weird transition. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I'm not used to doing this since last time it was just me and Logan. But uh, Kube, why don't you break down the particulars of, uh, okay. of this anime? Uh, Shirobako is a 24-episode anime that came out in fall 2014 by Studio PA Works, who've done a lot of good stuff. Uh, they also did Hanasako Iroha, Soccer Quest, Yudoku the Rolling Colors, uh, eccentric family. I'll just throw that in there. Uh, it's directed by Sutomu Mizushima, who also directed Girls in Panzer, Joshi Raku, which I believe is also in our group watch list to mm-hmm. be voted on. So we we've watched one, and we're going to eventually watch the other one. And Prison School, which is <laughs> probably just like the other ones, I assume. Yeah, yeah, just like the other ones. <laughs> Screenplays by Michiko Yokote, who also wrote Skill Teaser Takagi-san, Asame. Asamune Kun's Revenge and Prison School. Uh, this is a, an anime original with the OP Colorful Box for the first first core uh, by Yoko Ishida and Takarabako Treasure Box by Masami Okui for the second half of the season uh, series. ED is Animatic Love Letter by the main cast for the first half and Platinum Jet by Donut Quintet. Is that what they changed their name to? <laughs> I think that's what they changed their name to because like in the first in the first part of the thing on Mal, they like they, they put all their names down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I imagine that that's what they changed. I mean, it just makes sense. It's a good name. Yeah. And then there was a special episode 19 ED Yama Harinezumi Andy's Chucky by <laughs> Miyuki Kunitake. This was suggested by uh, Mipo24 in the Discord. Yeah. Okay, so this this anime, <laughs> this anime has, is about anime. It, it really is, yeah. And it has just a shit ton of characters. But yeah, this is uh, an anime uh, about anime. Yeah, it's about the production and the uh, I don't know the process and the hardships and the uh, the joys of uh, making anime. Yeah, that's a good description of it. Kind of taking through the whole process kind of beginning to end even before the beginning in some ways yeah all the way through uh the final airing of the show we follow the the main character of the anime uh aoi miyamori uh who mm-hmm. is starts out as a what production assistant uh, yes among many other production assistants on the production team at a Musashino Animation is the studio name, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just kind of uh, 
her kind of like through her eyes we get to see the entire process of how an anime gets made which is uh pretty eye-opening if you don't know how it's done yeah yeah each episode there's like not i won't say it's always like a crisis but there's always something that needs to be done and through that thing needing to be done like we get to see like how the animation side works how uh like the character modeling works, how 3D animation fits into everything, how like dubbing works, which was interesting. Yes. What the director's role is, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's also interesting to see like the first series that they made was an anime original. And then we got to see an adaptation of a, of a manga and kind of see the difference in the process there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, like it it really covers about as much as they can of, you know, like what an animation studio can do. I I'm curious and I I you know, I kind of don't want to know cuz I want to see it for the first time not knowing anything, but I'm curious if like cuz the movie just came out this year, the Shirobako movie. Yeah. I'm curious if it covers the uh production of a movie mm. of an anime like feature length film. That would be interesting. That'd yeah. be pretty it, meta. Because that would cover everything. It would. Um, I kind of hope yeah, it's like I, them making their movie that they want to make. That's too meta. I oh, know. Okay. <laughs> That'd be too meta. No, you, you you mean you mean like the 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 movie that the girls want to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main girls. Okay. I th- I thought you were talking about like them making that the movie. Movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a movie about making the movie. No, no, no. The seven gods or whatever they called it. Right, right. And that's one thing, uh, like, that's how it, it all starts out, too, is uh, we, we do have, like, five main characters. Yeah. Um, and we start out in, there with them in high school, in the anime club, um, getting uh, everything together to, for, like, what, like, some kind of festival? Yeah, I assume like it's, that? like, the cultural festival, and they're making a short anime as their right, project. Right, right. And, 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 and what was the uh, the name of the movie called? It was like the called? Seven or... Lucky Gods or something like that. Right. It I was the Shinto that. Buddhist Seven Lucky Battle Gods. That's what it was, yeah. Very odd, but maybe... Uh... Yeah, there's plenty of anime that involve the battle gods. Right. But like in, in that, that very small span of like the first part of the first episode, we get... It actually kind of gives us kind of like a, a brief overview of... of um what's going to happen in the show. Yeah, we get to see like all the different things that the girls uh want to do. I guess we can go over like the the main five. Um we got Aoi Miyamori, uh who like we said in the professional world is a uh, production assistant starting out. There was uh Emma Yusahara who was the animator of the uh the club and now she does uh key animation uh professionally. Uh, there's Shizuka Sakaki, who, uh, did all the voiceover, uh, for the club, and she's an aspiring voice actress in the show. Uh, Midori Imai, um, who did all the writing, um, and, uh, I, she's kind of, a, a student at the start, but she gets some opportunities to kind of, uh, help out in various ways, uh, professionally. And then there's Misa Toto, who is really into 3D animation and uh, modeling and stuff like that. So that's her specialty and what she does professionally. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, and uh, so when we get to them as adults, well, I mean, we, we pretty much stick with, uh, as you said before, Aoi um, and her role as a production assistant. Uh, but through Aoi, we see all the other girls um, and how they're doing, working towards their goal after they get out of high school. They all want to you know, work in anime. Yeah. Um, it's actually a pretty uh, great transition in that like first section. Like we see all the girls complete their, you know, high school project and they show it and whatever. And I think they like do the donut cheer and then it's like a <laughs> yeah. hard cut to Aoi looking just exhausted in a production car. Yeah. As <laughs> she's trying to deliver cuts. It takes place uh two and a half years. It's two and a half years after Yeah. Was the uh, time they That's gave. impressive. She finished her degree really quickly. Yeah, maybe it was just like a an associate's degree or technical college or something like that. Maybe because yeah. I remember uh Yano, another production assistant um at the studio i remember them mentioning that she went to technical college with a couple of the other people in the show so that might be the way to kind of get into uh anime that way right from the production side i'm surprised some of the people were able to uh complete any sort of education whatsoever (laughs) maybe they're just hurting for people in japan (laughs) yeah uh yeah but like and not everyone is uh has achieved like what they set out to. So a lot of the story for the main girls is getting to the point that they want to in, in the anime industry where Aoi's it's real. Like, I don't know her story is really uh, like figuring out how anime production works just in general. Yeah. And, <laughs> and losing her mind slowly. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes not slowly, sometimes very fast. Yeah. Because she's got like these these two little dolls that act as her, honestly, like her subconscious. Yeah, her inner voice. Yeah, and they're always talking to each other about you know production and stuff like that. They kind of work as like the the middleman between the their technical jargon and and us the audience. Yeah, so like oh okay, that's what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, but the. I was going to say the, the like the first one that you you mentioned uh Eric was uh an anime original and it's like a magical girl show. Yeah. Uh, is it was it was it magical girl? I, I think, guess. I think that was yeah, I think it was. Either magical girl or idol or something. I think it was an idol, idol show. Like cuz I thought they were like runaway idols for some reason. I mean, I guess that makes more sense since like the the last episode um the horse there in a concert hall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for whatever reason the cops are shooting at them it's it's a very confusing anime it might be making. like slightly magical girl oh, yeah i don't really remember and you kind of get to see the uh the difficulties of making an anime original and the like especially with the director the yeah. director i think it's like you see like his in like incredible turmoil with coming to terms with how he's going to wrap up the the story yeah like he somehow didn't really think it all the way through when he started like he had this great idea and they kind of went for it but he just wasn't trying to wrap it up i think once maybe he, he could have had a plan originally but maybe as things went on his ideas of the characters and events changed well like that yeah. seems very much in character for him yeah they very much did i think yeah yeah because like a large part of the tail end of that is kind of like them 
you know, in crisis trying to figure out how they're going to finish the show and just like talking about the characters and who they are and what they like and trying to figure out where they're going to go, what the characters would do. In between with that arc too, there's like, I, I think one of the things I appreciated about it is like, there's that, there's that major conflict at the end of both arcs. Um, but it's interspersed with, with other like really interesting conflicts. Like, um, for example, like one of the major ones that stuck out to me in the first one was um, 2D animation versus 3D animation. Yeah. And the arguments yeah. between the 2D animator not wanting to allow the explosions to be handed off to the 3D animator. Um, mostly the fault of Taro. Uh, Taro. The Taro one, yeah, one of the most annoying characters probably in anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Somehow not the most annoying character in the show, though. I, Are you talking about the other guy? I'm talking about the uh, editor. Oh, yeah. The funny story guy. Mm. Fair, fair. I try to block him from my memory. Yeah, fair. yeah. Um, <laughs> fair, fair as well. Fair back at you. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, like, so So you get these, um, and like, it, not everything is building up towards, like, the climax is, like, the last few episodes of the arc, but then, like, interspersed, it's, like, um deadlines have to be met and like trying to like especially for production for Aoi it's it's a lot of um trying to be cordial with uh with artists and animators and all this stuff while at the same time trying to keep them at at pace Uh because if they don't keep pace the show quality will fall yeah Emma like a lot of her turmoil as the as an animator for Musashino is not feeling adequate like or even you know yeah, I'd say adequate. adequate yeah. probably. Like not feeling adequate to the uh, production quality that's expected of her. Like mm-hmm. her art's really, really good. And I think that's kind of where, um, okay, this is where I'm going to need you to give it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old man that's the oh, Suge. Suge? Suge? Suge. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Suge, the, the old man animator kind of comes in as kind of like a, I don't know. I guess the only term I can really think of is like old wise meant sage. Yeah, yeah he's sage. very, he's very wise. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's he's always the one who like just sometimes just in passing sometimes directly will tell her something that like kind of assuages her fears or doubts or anything like that and leads to her becoming you know a good um, I guess the best term is senpai she becomes a good you know senpai to other animators specifically one sure. later on early on Shizuka who's the aspiring voice actress <laughs> her her conflict like pretty much stays the same throughout yeah she's just trying to get work we do see her getting better but like in small bursts like very small bursts yeah like mm-hmm. what was it like the first thing we see she goes to an audition she fails it mm-hmm. um then the next time we see her she's going to one of those things where she's part of the crowd yeah and she kind of flubs that too uh <laughs> But we see her getting steadily better. Then we see her as like the mascot thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's in the second arc. But yeah, yeah, we do see her as a mascot uh, in one of those like w- weird kid show things that apparently was, they have uh, at Japanese department stores. Yeah. It was the pig with like the pickled... Pickled plum for a nose. Pickled yeah. plum nose. He had an, he had an umeboshi as his fur nose, <laughs> yeah. Was it? It might have been like Umabu or something like that yeah. was his name. I don't know. 
Misa, uh, who is the 3D animator, is kind of stuck in this job, like where she's doing she's doing really really well for herself as a 3D animator, but she's only designing wheels. Yeah. For, I don't know, was for it a cars. car game? It was car uh, games. Yeah, car games. I and just cars yeah. in general for maybe commercials so, too. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So essentially, that's all she was doing. Like day in and day out, she was just making wheels, and she was not creatively fulfilled by it. Like it was, you know more than paying the bills but you know she was like i didn't get into this industry to just look at tires all day so her you know thing is honestly like downgrading economically to you know be more uh, artistically fulfilled mirori's arc i thought i think was the most interesting for me yeah i mean because it's like she wants to write a script but she's a college student or and she's a college student so she kind of gets a job as a researcher, like eventually, like she, I think was it? Like, just like, well, isn't it just like in passing, always talking about like the things that they're going to, that they're having to look up for. Um, honestly, I think, I don't think she really starts to get into it until it the second the, arc. It was a part of Exodus. Yeah. Was it a part of Exodus? Yeah. Because yeah, the, um, oh, damn it. There was something she was looking up. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it was definitely in the first part. Right, right. Uh, but I mean, she she starts to come into her own more as a researcher in the second arc, where like her extensive research on uh, airplanes and jets and stuff like that, like leads her to be called Diesel San by the production crew, uh, and they decide to hire her on as a, as a full time researcher. Uh, and she kind of becomes the understudy of the uh, the writer script writer for uh, the second series, which I liked. I was like, oh, you know what? That would be an interesting job to have. And yeah, that's that's those those are the main stories that we follow. Although, like I said, there is a ton of other stories going on with all of the other avenues of production. I'm trying to think of some like that really stuck out to me outside of like the 2D and 3D. I do remember like one that like really i i really really enjoyed was when the president of the company of musashino animation uh took aoi to oh, their yeah. old building uh-huh. and like she's sitting there looking at cells and saying stuff like oh it was so much better back in the day and he's like yeah. like he kind of gets her to be like you know you can't you can't look at it like that you gotta try and do better than we did it can't just be, oh, because we had cells and we had to write every, like draw everything by hand, you know, because it was harder for us, it was better. That doesn't make it better. Yeah. Like you have to strive to be better, not just constantly look at the past like it's something you can never achieve. And I love that part because I get real sick of hearing about how much better the past was. <laughs> I love I love past anime, but good lord do I hate hearing that. Or what about you guys? What are some of the conflicts that stood out to you more in the show i think i don't know just one thing that was interesting to me was kind of seeing the whole like workflow and how you know one small thing can just put a wrench in everything uh specifically with uh in the second arc with uh sagawa like uh she was the like lead animation director for at least a couple episodes she was the one that kind of like worked at home oh yeah um and her kind of conflict with uh uh daisuke the uh white-haired brat and like you know 
he kept bringing her bad key animators and she kept having to do all this extra work and send stuff back and you know just kind of like seeing how a little bit of uh poor work can really throw stuff off if you're striving for something more than just the bare minimum um uh, other than that i don't know i mean a lot of really good characters but nothing really jumping to mind right now i did like uh the part when uh emma when emma was struggling trying to get certain uh animations right and was getting corrections back and she was trying to go faster and faster but that was making her art really suffer and that was when she got that's when she talked to iguchi one of the Mm -hmm. other lead animators and learned about you know everyone everyone goes through this and how they change over time and where you have to find that balance between your style and speed but uh, it's kind of more important to get things right and you'll get better over time you know don't don't worry about not being good enough right now hmm. that reminds me like of the um do you remember the the one where it's uh always trying to get the uh the background animator from back in the day who yes. was like who apparently did like really good ruins mm-hmm. and i think my favorite part of that was the the guy who was like the animator who was obsessed with clouds and like was trying to make like Hit, when yeah. he said when they're like sitting across from the table from each other and he's like oh, doesn't like the older guys like doesn't this hurt your bride you know that as an animator that you know they want me to do these ruins and he's like he's like yeah but i have to set that aside because when i think about what this is supposed to look like i can't think of anybody's art but yours <laughs> and i'm like that's really fucking cool like that's you know it makes sense like you sometimes you have to put that shit aside especially if you're trying to make the best product possible uh, or the best you know i guess Product's a very, I don't know, weird way to put it. But, you know, the best art possible. The best sure. end product. I and guess. everyone's already uh, got so much on their hands that it's like, yeah, sometimes you're just going to have to pass that work to someone else to do because you can't do all of it. That also makes me think of the uh, the part towards the, the, the horse scene, essentially, uh, at the end of the first arc uh, where they're like, trying to figure out who they can get to animate all, all these horses and uh they just keep like not asking suge because he's old and you know doesn't really do much animation work for them anymore but he's still in the office for some reason just eating his lunch um i mean he's he's co-worker with the president like they've been working together for yeah, forever for sure. yeah but like just like them finally, you know, asking him and him, you know, being willing to do it and then just taking the opportunity to teach all of the younger animators. Mm-hmm. You know, not just treating it as work, but an opportunity to uh share his experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think too, his main I, thing, I think a lot of them I guess it's really quick. Uh oh. the reason why he's not one of the main animators is because he does he doesn't really draw like the kind of moe style. He mm-hmm. it, he he just isn't really able to, and that doesn't really right. interest him. So he hasn't really been needed on any of these works because that's kind of what both these shows are. They're kind of in that same realm. Right, right. Um, I was gonna say I I think the reason why he wasn't then no one asked him is uh, it seems like the only person who knows 
what he's capable of is the president. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone else seems shocked when they're like, holy shit, he's the one who did, you know, this, this, and this. Like, you know. Yeah. He did work on Andy's Chucky and yeah, all these incredible scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a bunch of really just amazing moments like that in the show where through that kind of conflict you get to to kind of see the not only do you get to get to see like the production side of things but kind of get a glimpse into maybe how some of the people in anime feel about stuff and you definitely get the other side uh too kind of in uh god what's his name the the one that you called the white-haired rat <laughs> oh daisuke yeah daisuke there you go um in like his backstory about how he worked for anime companies where they didn't really care about the end product so long as they had an end product and yeah. um, working with animators who, you know, didn't care or uh, uh, artists, you know, who didn't care, who were just trying to like rush stuff out and making just like, you know, shit anime and stuff like that and how that could potentially make people jaded. I'd be really um, curious what percentage of animators or studios are like that. Like, it seemed kind of extreme to me, but I don't really know enough animators to make that kind of claim. But it it seemed kind of weird to me, I guess. That, uh, right. That his experiences are almost exclusively with people who don't care as much. I mean, bad adaptations happen all the time. Oh yeah, and I, we saw like they even gave like an example of that when talking about. Uh, like the uh, mangaka or the the light novel, I forget if it was mm-hmm. a light novel or manga, but the creator for uh, you know Third Girl's Aerial Squad or whatever, his like previous one was uh, <laughs> like Girls in F threes or whatever, um, and it was like some racing anime that they just totally bastardized by making it just super sexualized and stuff, not caring about you know what the author wanted or what the the rest of the world wanted but just doing what they wanted i'm just saying i'd be curious like i have problems believing that people enter projects thinking that they're just doing it for a paycheck i guess but i don't know Mm, in that industry it's hard again i i can't speak to that it also it also depends like on i mean how much they're making yeah. yeah, and especially since it seemed like a lot of the artists, especially the ones that worked from home, who were just you know like they would they would take on jobs. It seemed like a lot they were taking on a lot of jobs, and you don't do that unless the jobs aren't paying very well. Well, I mean, there was that uh, animation or like image, I guess, going around for a while after Shirbaka came out about like what the uh, the the pay scale was for various jobs in the industry. Mm-hmm. I think. Peter Payne actually tweeted that out just the other day. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that when it came out. Um, it's like amazing how <laughs> little some people get in the industry. Let's see, see if I can find it real quick. Scroll oh yeah, it's scroll. totally all backwards. In my okay, opinion. yeah, here we go. So, an animator um, gets, and this was based on information from November 2016. So a few years out of date. Um, it's probably, hopefully, gotten better, but uh, animators get paid 10500 per year based on industry research. Is that pre or after tax? I do, who could yeah. say? I don't know. Uh, like a chief animator gets 
So definitely a, a huge bump up. Wait, did you say the here, chief I'll, animator gets 49? 49 here. Yeah, I'll post the, uh, the image. Yeah, that's... I mean, $40,000 a year, you can live off I that? would love to have $49,000 a year. But it's not great. Uh, you can make it work. You 10, can make it work. You cannot make work. <laughs> no. Yeah, the... the Oh God! There's an animator Philippines. Yeah, outsource. Oh, but Toei yeah, in the Philippines. Yeah. Some of those are just, uh, especially the one for like for what what Emma had to do. Like that's that's an insultingly low salary. Well, but that's the thing is like I think they I think they even mention it in the show uh, when they give her more of a lead role in some stuff. They do say they're gonna pay her a different rate. So I think she does get raises throughout the show, which is good. Um, but yeah, that's starting. It's that's rough. That's real rough. But I think that's also there's that scene towards the end where Emma's talking to her mom, and uh, where she like says, "You know, I think I can actually make it as an animator, um, so you don't have to worry about me." And I'm sure that's like you know her reaching the point at Musashino where she's making a livable wage at that point because she's doing she's doing more key animation and more important stuff for mm-hmm. for them but yeah i mean i'd also be curious like what based on where the studios are based you know cost of living and stuff aren't the same everywhere you go sure i feel like i know nowadays, it's still bad i feel like nowadays i'd say most of the studios are in tokyo with musashino yeah. They were in, um, I'm pretty sure they were in Tokyo, right? Could I don't wrong. know. I have no idea. I mean, how close is... Uh, um, oh, damn it. What's that place that had the nuclear reactor that... Fukushima? Uh, yeah. Or no, is it Fukushima? What place got bombed? Hiroshima? Hiroshima, Hiroshima. yeah. Nagasaki. How, how close is uh, Hiroshima to Tokyo? Not very. Not very. Okay, yeah, so... Because I remember one of them had to travel really far to Hiroshima to drop off the tape in the last episode. Um, it may have been Aoi, actually. Yeah, I think Aoi had to go to Hiroshima. So, yeah, I mean, then that would make sense that they were kind of in Tokyo. PA Works is based in Nanto, Toyama, Japan. I don't know. I'm just looking at PA Works because that's the studio who made this. Sure. And that's on the kind of the, the west side it's northwest of Tokyo, kind of on the coast up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are they could be scattered more about. Places. Yeah. I guess it would be cheaper, but I mean, you would think that they'd be closer together. Although, <laughs> who knows? Like that is one thing that like happens in the show is is uh, uh there's like a, a really climactic scene where they're delivering tapes, like Logan said, to mm-hmm. different stations, and I have to wonder. Are y'all still doing that shit? <laughs> yeah, Hope to digitize that shit. This was 2014, so a reasonable yeah. amount of time ago. I feel like American shows were already digital like that. I mean, I know Japan's still using fax machines and shit like that, but I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well. it's just I think that's one of the things we can say for the show is how much discussion. Like, like this kind of, like mostly speculative but like it's still interesting even though it's just it's just speculation um kind of discussion goes on around like you know i wonder how true this is or how true that is but it's it's 
the kind of discussion that makes it interesting and and of course the characters um without if they weren't interesting i think the show would be very very dry yeah um, yeah even with all the speculation but they are very very interesting um i will say oh go go ahead okay i was gonna say i know for some people the i don't know the middle part of the show is kind of hard to get through or at least like the second half of the first arc because it does i don't know it it can get kind of uh slow at times uh in some ways Um, and i'll I'll say that i see i I had seen the first i think seven episodes previously in my with my anime night with my mom and sister a while back but we didn't continue because like they're just kind of bored by it didn't find it particularly interesting yeah, it's a slow burn. I mean, it's the same with like Soccer Quest, and uh, I don't, I haven't seen Hanasaki Iroha, but I imagine it might be similar. Where it's just kind of like that slow build up for the end that's just really good. I will say too, like, um, if you're not, if you don't have a lot of kind of like knowledge of anime, this is kind of hard to follow at some points. I would think. Like, it's a show that, like, once you've seen stuff and gotten used to some terminology, it's easier to follow. Um, I think getting into this anime, <laughs> like, without having seen anything else would be very confusing. Um, sure. Yeah. I point. would not start anyone out with this anime. <laughs> no. it's it, As much as I love it, I don't think I'd do that. Do you guys... Uh, who are you guys' favorite characters? Of the main cast, I honestly... Like watching it a second time, I think Emma's probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh I think she has some of the most growth in the show. Hmm. Um and it's really easy to see. Sure. Uh and like she's like I don't know. We we constantly get to see her becoming a better and better animator and more and more confident in herself. I think that's true for the other girls as well, but in some it's a slower burn and in others it's like massive build up until the very end <laughs> which is still very very good and it's an amazing part of the show but it's like yeah. I, I like the you know slow and steady pace of emma's uh character growth were there any like supporting characters that really stood out to you uh support i i love the director so much the director <laughs> yeah i wow. i love that guy he's so fucking funny he's <laughs> just the best and honda i, I like the director's but I don't think we mentioned his name. It's uh, Se- uh, Seichi Kinoshita. Yeah, Kinoshita. Yeah. And uh, and Honda, the uh, the guy who in the first arc is very stressed out production assistant, and in the second <laughs> arc is a very skinny cake maker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I love it. And then I mean, I love I uh, I Kunogi, the uh, yeah. Emma's little understudy. Yeah. I think she's adorable. I struggle with characters like that that uh, can't voice themselves well. God, I love her. I don't know why. I guess it's it's in the way she reminds me of a small animal. That I'm just like, oh, <laughs> fair, <adorable."> fair, fair. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Uh, I really like Emma too. Though I think okay. I, I think I would if, if you forced me to pick a favorite character from the main I'm cast, it'd it. probably be Owie. Okay. Uh, just we get so much time with her. Uh, I think her, I, it it feels it's just it's so much through her eyes in a lot of this story, 
and I just feel like I can connect more to her than a lot of the other characters as someone who doesn't have much artistic talent and like I want to be in this business but I really don't know what the best way to do that is and the way that she kind of finds uh what that is is pretty nice to me mm. in terms of other characters uh I like Sugie the old old man key animator yeah I also really liked uh Yuji Atsumi he was the cloud artist mm. and he was only in a few scenes but I really dug his uh view on things and the way he thinks about his work sure yeah he has a passion and he uh wants to make the most of it yeah and like he really cares about doing the best he can and he's really good at it it's cool finding those those people who like to specialize yeah yeah i mean yeah if you can specialize in something and make a living off of it and really enjoy what you do then i mean that's awesome um as for me my favorite character uh in the main cast and overall really is uh shizuka sakaki who is the voice actress. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's been hinted at before, but yeah, her arc is a very, very slow burn um, as she just is met with, you know, failure after failure and then slowly kind of working her way into, you know, some gigs, taking opportunities when they come up. Um, but there is a scene at the end that is just incredible uh to me uh just like this a a huge amount of payoff um after watching her kind of struggle to find her footing um and seeing like uh the reactions of you know owie and and emma uh since they know how much uh she struggled to get to the point where she's at Hmm. um Yeah, it it's a really powerful scene to me. Uh, it makes me cry every time because I'm a a softy like that. Though it is frustrating at times, you know, watching her, you know, kind of squander some opportunities. Like uh, I think you said yesterday after we watched one of the episodes, where Aoi is sitting with like a couple like studio heads. And uh, at this bar that Shizuka works at, and uh, Shizuka brings over like a drink for Aoi, and they like they ask Aoi if they know Shizuka, and she Aoi's about to you know let them know that she's a voice actress, but she like says no, don't don't say anything. I'm like you know, <laughs> would you say network? Damn it! Yeah, network for fuck's sake. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. It just it makes me very very happy in the end that she got the opportunities that she did. Oh yeah, no, for sure. H- had she not had payoff, I think the show would probably would probably get like point five. Take it like I would take point five off the show. If, I, like I might take it, a point off. Yeah, just like oh, okay, I guess fuck her, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very it does it is like it's like like I said, it's like a it feels like a lot of buildup and then just like this massive relief. Yeah. Um, and it's it is it is a really powerful scene. It's amazing. It like. It was it was just as good watching it the second time as it was watching it the first time. Yeah, yeah, I really liked her too. I I have, I have no complaints about Shizuka. <laughs> Supporting cast for me though, um, I really do like uh, Sugie, like Eric mentioned. I think he has some of the best lines in the show. Um, just about 
you know, taking opportunities and running with them and not being afraid of failing. I also really, really love Yano, uh, who is another production mm-hmm. assistant. Uh, she's a blonde-haired girl. Uh, and she's got some just really funny kind of uh, interactions with some people. There's one person in particular, this guy that they get to produce a, a couple episodes, who's like notorious for trying to run away from his job. And she keeps like blocking him from it. I don't know. I found that very humorous. And she's just a, a fun character to watch. I don't even want to ask if there are any we didn't like, because I feel like we'd all have the same three. Yeah, the same <laughs> three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Taro, Daisuke, and Funny Story Guy I can all yeah. go jump probably in Probably my top three. I was like, uh, I'm not going to like Taro towards the end when he worked as like the, you know, guy who kind of get got Daisuke out of his like annoying uh funk i was like okay sure you're useful for something but <laughs> you need to shut up like 90 percent of the time yeah but yeah like there there weren't any other there weren't many other characters i disliked though like and i think those characters specifically are built to be disliked oh so for sure yeah, it's not like more disruptors than than anything else yeah they kind of exactly. create some of the drama yeah yeah for sure so it's 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 written in a really uh, good way where it's like, it's not like I hate this guy because he's written poorly or I hate this no, guy because no. I don't know the voice actor that it sounds like I don't know a squeak toy or something like that. But well, it's like yeah, you know, Tara's voice actors <laughs> his voice is just super annoying. But yes, he's Isn't also he Subaru. In uh, is he? I thought I... Subaru from ReZero? Yeah, is he? Let's see. Uh, I'm trying not to type because I don't want to make noise from my mic. Yeah, fine, I I'll mean, type. you just said it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, let's see. Subaru. Shirobako. Let's see. Is he down here? He's in Soccer Quest. Oh, he plays the brother in Soccer Quest of... Uh, the one blue-haired girl, uh, Shiro. Yeah, Shiro Bako. No, he he plays, he plays a couple roles. He plays Daisuke, and he okay. plays That's what uh, uh, Murakawa, who's the president of the company. Okay, weird. That's incredible. That's some incredible range. <laughs> That's actually insane. Well, what's the huh. young version of the director? Because we do have that scene from the flashback. True, it's possible. Let's see if I can find <laughs> that was an interesting scene. The flashback. Like seeing an animation studio in the sixties or seventies or whenever it's supposed to be. I imagine sixties. Uh Hiroyuki Yoshino is the guy that plays Oh my gosh. Uh Taro. And oh my gosh. Stuff. He's yeah, the he he's the fiend in uh Tatami Galaxy. Osu. Yeah, he is in a lot. Let's see. <laughs> Anyone I Osu's recognize? also very annoying. How many places he's, he he's that one super annoying teacher from My Hero Academia. Mm. He's actually the, the rock and roll like crazy oh, hair guy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, say what you want about his about the voice of uh 
thought about like, this guy's done a lot of stuff. Yep. <laughs> Holy crap. He's Ranta from Grimgar. <laughs> oh, well, okay. That's not a shock at all. <laughs> that's the uh, best comp. Taro and Ranta as one. That sounds awful. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> getting back to what we were saying, the, um, yeah. the the characters that are meant to be hated are, you know, are done even done well in that they do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, whereas everyone else, you know, they come off like, I, it's kind of feels cliche to say this, but they come off as really human. They come off as real humans, you know? Sure. Like, some of them may be a little bit, I guess, for lack of a better term, extra. Like, the director is... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. out there. One of my other favorites is Osagawara, who is like the uh chief key animator, the the goth lolly. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. She's pretty extra, but she's also super fantastic. Well, I was also going to say the um I don't remember what his name was off the top of my head, but the um executive producer guy. Oh, the like the bigger guy? Yeah, the bigger guy. Uh-huh. Like he was like he seemed like, you know, <laughs> A bit over the top, but he was funny. Yeah. But like everyone else, like a lot of the other people, you know, they seem like down to earth, you know, office workers. And they, you know, were frustrated when stuff wasn't going well. And like, you know, they would even have like little spats and stuff like that. And then they were elated when, you know, things were completed or things worked out. It's just, it felt very human. They felt like a workplace um, with a little bit extra, like like you know hallucinations and stuff like that but uh-huh. i think that's probably what this show does best honestly is make it i mean as one of the things it does best aside from like character development and stuff like that is is make everything feel as real as an animation you know that needs to be somewhat fantastical to be interesting you know can feel uh-huh i'm uh i'm scrolling through these like credits and stuff mm-hmm. and the you remember the the three voice actresses from the first arc that voiced the, the three main girls? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're all the so like uh, the first one here in the anime was Suzuka Ito. Mm-hmm. Uh, her real voice actress is Shizuka Ito. <laughs> um, Kayana Mui is the second one. Kayano Ai is uh, the actual voice actress, and the last one. Uh, over was she? It's pretty funny. Uh, Nakaharu Mei is just Nakahara Mai. So there's <laughs> just slight variations of their actual names. I mean, that's just something that's in Shiribako in general. Is a lot of the characters uh, from the staff are based off of real people, sure, uh, in uh, personality and appearance, from what I gathered. And there's even like Mitsuaki Kano, who is just Hideaki Ano. Uh-huh. makes an appearance where yeah. it's you know they're they're meant to be i think homages to real life people homages oh. are just references and the homages to what do you call it uh other anime right and stuff like that it was it it's insane how much is packed into this show in terms of in terms of that like yeah, a lot of references yeah was it g cole uh, two piece <laughs> Uh, wasn't there like a um, uh, Nausicaa or uh, like scene that like they oh, reference? That was uh, in the Ano. That was in the Ano one where they show a a scene that 
he animated, and it was a reference to in Naushka when the giant fire warrior shot the kind of beam out and blew up all the Ulm. The funny thing is about that for me was like the previous day when I was watching Evangelion for anime night, uh, my mom was doing kind of research on something relevant each week and we would talk about it before we started watching. And before that one, she talked, she did research on Hideaki Anno, his life and his work. And she mentioned that his first kind of breakthrough scene was he animated that exact scene in Naushika as kind of like his, his big debut in a way. So when I saw that here, it's like, wow, that's a, that's a kind of a deep cut nod to his work. And not going for more obvious... Like, they made Evangelion references about that's what he's known for. But to kind of make an animation reference like that was really cool on their part. Yeah, so just just a ton of stuff. And, like, there's definitely stuff I probably didn't catch. There's definitely stuff that other people probably won't catch. But it's just, like, if you're interested in anime or anime history, like, this is a really good show to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I found I found some names from other anime, like, on the... From the beginning of episode 17, it was Ekaterina of the Danzig Corridor, which oh yeah, looked kind of like Izetta. There was it Qualification like Riot Police, <laughs> which Ghost in the Shell. That was the Ghost in the Shell one. And then My Hair may be falling apart bit by bit, but it's probably by an imagination. Just, <laughs> Don't know. Sounds what that awful. Would be. It just sounds yeah, awful. I have no idea what that would be. <laughs> My hair may be. I I don't know what that could be. It's probably a reference to something. I it, it sounds like more like light, a, a novel, light novel titles. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's a reference to, just in general. So yeah, I we've we've uh, we've gushed on and on about this show. Um, <laughs> what were some of the things we didn't like about the show? Uh, too many characters. What? Yeah, I think there's just too many characters. See, um, I just I don't feel the need to know all of them. I, yeah, but when you when you were going through like writing all their names down, my thing is my thing watching through the first time was if they're not the main characters or if they're not what I consider main supporting cast, all I need to know is what job they do, and you can see what job they yeah. do by their desk. I know that, but it's like I feel like there's there are enough other characters that kind of takes away from what we get from the main five. Like, but then I, I mean. I don't think that's what the show is going. I know for, it's what it's, I know it's not what the show's characters. about, but it kind of leads like I didn't really like Misa at all. I wasn't a big fan of her arc. I think you know, mm-hmm. like she's only doing tires for six months or whatever, but there's still a lot of skills that she can gain from doing that, and then to just quit without even having a another job lined up. It just seems really irresponsible and. Uh, kind of just emotional based i guess not rational uh, at all i mean i don't know as, as someone who's worked jobs that just suck the life out of you i completely can relate to what she was going through i think it's different too because like especially since like her whole thing was artistic fulfillment and she wasn't getting that she had, she assumed she came into the job thinking Okay, we're gonna do tires for this one project, but this this company gets more than just that project, and now that's all they're getting. So, I mean, I could I do agree that it's irrational, and but like, I mean, 
sometimes you just gotta take the leap and then it just seems like later on she just kind of has a job again i don't remember the scene where she got hired by another studio she didn't there i mean there was no scene yeah wasn't there uh, I don't think, I don't there think was so. I'm pretty sure there scene. was. Her, her, just her arc feels very disjointed, I guess. I mean, she she felt like she was largely non consequential. You no, know, because she she gets referenced to somebody else. I think I think she does network. Like Aoi gets her like an interview with like some other people, right? I, I, it's a very small part I of an episode. It didn't leave all. an impact on me, I guess. But yeah, that is part of the show. If I remember, I'd have to go back and look for it. And granted, because I can't remember it, like, just off the top of my head, but there are, I'd say there's so many impactful moments in the show that, like, losing one or two moments isn't really a big deal. I will say, and this is kind of a Japanese society thing, so I know that that's what they're going for, but it is, uh, one of the things that is kind of annoying is how characters just don't get fired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, in the States, you'd be done. You would be so fired. It's like, you're not doing um, your job. Get out of here. Yeah. But I, I, it is like a thing in Japan that like they won't fire you. Like they'll put you in humiliating positions um, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the mailroom or, you know, janitorial duty or something like that. And, you Hope know, you to kind of get you the hell out of there. But they they won't out and outright fire you most of the time unless you're like homicidally crazy or something. Honestly, though, I can't think of much that I dislike about the show. And, and maybe it's... I, I I thought that watching it a second time, maybe uh, my first watch through was just like, you know, I was on a really high anime kick at the time. Like, you know, I'd, I'd just come back to watching more and more and more anime. So I was just watching everything I possibly could. Um, but I, I'd say it holds up pretty well for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't think of a single thing that I dislike about the anime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, certain arcs probably aren't as satisfying as other ones, but I think the, the main ones make up for it for me. Sure. Um, I will say Mises probably is the weakest, for sure. Yeah. But Agreed. Uh, I don't know. I even like Mirori's. I love Mirori's arc. Yeah. It, yeah. I think it's one of the more interesting ones because it's like, oh, yeah, they do need researchers. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, not everyone has time to dive through you know, libraries of mm-hmm. uh, books on uh, aviation or uh, all that other yeah. stuff. Plus, she has access to the school library or college mm-hmm. library, which is Let probably you, better it than is, the public library. It is really nice to have access to it because, like, schools, what they do is they buy access to other libraries. Mm. And, like, like, you know, back in the day, that just meant that, like, you could go up to your school's library and be like, hey, I need this book. And they're like, they would like, you know, look and they'd call other schools and they'd find a copy and it'd get mailed to you. And eventually you'd have your book. Nowadays, it means if I want to search like, I don't know, Berkeley's, uh, you know, archive, like their digitized archive. No problem. It's so nice. I'm so glad (laughs) I'm going to school nowadays. (laughs) But yeah, I I like that. I, I like that she found like her niche was not only do I not mind researching but i actively enjoy learning new things yeah Um, and plus like she didn't do just research once they kind of like hired her on she did other things like uh there was the one thing she was doing for the storyboards for like uh 
Oh, yeah, she was uh, cleaning up some of the uh, verbiage and yeah, uh, sound effects and those kind of oh. things. Yeah, I don't think they hired her for that, but yeah, she no, she eventually she, kind of took yeah. on some roles that yeah, you know, anyone can do. But not a lot of people do anymore. It sounds right. Like. So it's like yeah, she had know, some just... time on her hands, so she can still help out in these ways. Uh huh. Yeah, I yeah, will say like, that they gave her a desk by the director, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that was pretty nice. I will say that I, of the five main characters, I really loved four of them and their arcs. That's that's all. But in terms of like, <laughs> okay, I won't say that this is something I hated. It and actually I really liked it, but it was <laughs> a petty niggle. Where are the cops up until like the last episode? They are <laughs> what, Tokyo are drifting. About? Every fucking where. Look. Not a cop inside. <laughs> <laughs> Until the Production very end. assistants can get away with anything. Yeah, exactly. Murder, uh, drifting, you name it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I don't want to belabor this too much, honestly. And I don't like not having at least one criticism, but I, I really do love the show. And I don't think I could really find much fault with it. Outside of maybe what you said before Mises arc, but I don't think that's a huge deal for me. So honestly, I can't say to our usual next question, if there was anything I hated that there was really anything I hated either. So yeah, I, I can't say I hate anything about this show necessarily either. It was me trying to find things I did. I disliked, you know? Sure. No, And I appreciate that. Cause I honestly, I, I was going to be silent for a long time, but I, I, I can see that I could see Mises. It makes the most sense. If you're trying to find a criticism for the show. I mean, there's uh, things I hate. Uh, Shinsuke Chazawa, but we already talked about. He's the editor. Oh, yeah. Funny story guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hate. I don't I do... hate Taro or uh, Daisuke. Or Daisuke. I hate Shinsuke. <laughs> he he needed I... to be fired earlier, and I can't believe he that things went on as long as they did without someone being notified. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say I, I do wonder if that's like so if any of you guys out there or either of you have watched uh, Girlish Number. No, I, I have not. Uh, that show it has some things to say about people in the industry uh-huh. and notably like some of the least flattering things they have to say are about light novel or not like or, like original creators mangaka and light novel authors when oh, it really? comes to oh god yeah they are brutal mm-hmm. um and i do, i do wonder if if that's uh this director's way of you know pointing to like editing go-betweens yeah you know, and being like they're usually the fucking problem I, f- I feel like i mentioned it before but between watching this and seeing kakushi goto recently uh-huh. I'm pretty sure editors are just scum across the board. <laughs> or or that's what anime directors and you know producers would have us believe. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. so sick of dealing with them. They're just like, make him the stupidest fucking character you possibly can. <laughs> make him irredeemable. There's yeah. like uh what do you call it? You know how like in Japanese, like when you see like Japanese offices, they'll have like that. They have that one picture frame with like uh, Japanese, like with kanji and calligraphy writing on the wall. Uh-huh. And like the director for this anime just has like behind his desk in big fucking letters, editors are scum. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> if I ever get a desk of my own. Uh, I've actually been looking. 
picking up editing work for my for my uh my school department at least you know what not to do at least i know what not to do <laughs> always say funny story yeah funny story. <laughs> yeah about and, that uh... and nanashi <laughs> oh god um okay so um i guess I, I, this is a spoiler cast there's really not a whole lot to spoil i mean stuff works out yeah period um they win all the girl all the girls <laughs> uh uh find their place within the industry kind of i mean uh to be fair she, uh uh every everyone finds their place shizuka has I think the the main thing for her is she has a role under her belt now. Yeah. So and we we do see that she gets another. Yeah, she gets another role with uh, Kyoko, the voice actress for uh, the main character of. Yeah. Girl I Sun. forgot about that. So it's like yeah. she kind of built a rapport with another voice actress and maybe got some more attention that way and mm-hmm. and build off of that. <laughs> she networked. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Fuck. <laughs> well, it um, is easier to network once you've actually worked. Sure. <laughs> Sure. I mean, fair, but but you know, when your friend is already in the industry, <laughs> yeah, she didn't take advantage of that. But yeah, so so everyone's got at least their foot in the door, at the very least, like their foot in the door. But some of them, you know, are actively uh, a part of this industry. So like, um, we kind of end. Actually, we do like it. Just ends on the note of like you know them talking about wanting to uh, redo their seven uh, their high school rods. project. Yeah. And we actually get like a an updated version of the the boat, <laughs> the boat. and the, the gods. I love that the boat had like the retractable wheels that Misa was working on for the yeah. planes. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked what like did you there were like just a ton of boxes on the boat and it's like uh-huh. is it a cargo freighter? What's happening here? Yeah, who knows? And they say like they the boat literally sails off into well, it's not exactly a sunset, I guess the night sky it's and the night sky. And that's the that's the end of the series. Um to be continued with the movie, which we don't have yet, so we can't review yet, unfortunately. But hopefully one day, damn it, one day we will have that movie. Yeah. Um, it's This is a really hard question to ask, but it's one that we ask for everything, so I'm going to ask it anyway. But how does uh-huh. this show stack up to other anime from the genre? What genre? Uh, the genre of I mean, making, making anime-related things, like be making it manga or anime. anime or... The only thing that I think... Industry? Like actually compares to this and i haven't seen it so i can't really say but i've heard good things is uh bakuman is bakuman the the one where they're making manga yeah bakuman Mm. yeah um i think that's like the only true comparison you can probably make but i haven't seen it so i can you could kind of compare this to girlish number kind of sure i mean it's an industry anime right Mm -hmm. i guess that would be the genre right industry anime industry Yeah. yeah of things related to the industry. Yeah, I, I would know. put this head and shoulders above the only other one I've seen, which is Girl- Girlish Numbers. Like, I didn't hate Girlish Number, but this is so much better. Um, oh, New Game is another one that you can oh, kind of compare yeah. to. Yeah, another, yeah. New Game's really good. Soccer Quest, while not, you know, um, about anime, is about, you know, working girls. Mm-hmm. Um, also very good. Yeah, for I me, would prob- I would say this is on par with New Game. A little bit better, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say this is probably my, like, if, going back to what we said, like, this is not something that you would recommend to, like, somebody who's brand, brand new to anime. Because <laughs> they'd get kind of mm-hmm. lost in all the terminology and stuff like that. 
I if it was someone brand new, I might recommend new game more so if they're like a you know obviously depending like on their taste stuff. Yeah. more so if they're like into games and stuff like that uh sure and, and you know, uh enjoy the cute stuff if it's like and like someone who's into anime like loves anime and you know would like to know i guess how the sausage is made uh for lack of a better term <laughs> i think i would definitely recommend this over new game um, yeah i do know there is an older anime about making anime but i can't recall what it's called so uh, I'm looking at like comparisons. What about like Wreck? I know you watched that recently. Wreck is so much more about relationships than actually voice acting. Okay. But there is, I mean, there's like a mascot event kind of thing. There's, it's, I love Wreck a lot. I'm not going to deny that. Um, <laughs> but that's like an eight episode short. So it's kind of a weird. Sure. But industry wise like it is an interesting look on that part of it but it doesn't really have anything to comment or say about the industry i don't think if that makes any mm-hmm. sense yeah so i I'd, I'd say we probably stack this one up pretty high compared to other stuff and i think we've already kind of answered this but you know who would you recommend the show to if anyone sure i'd say this our audience honestly <laughs> if you yeah. if you listen to our show there's a good chance you've watched it decent amount of at least newer anime so mm-hmm. and if you haven't watched it i mean definitely give it a shot yeah yeah i can't think of anyone else yeah if you're new to anime maybe watch if get a few anime under your belt kind of get some of the terminology down of like the yeah, fandom and then come it. to the show mm-hmm. um, but definitely come back to the show because it's totally worth it okay final scores I'll go first. Uh, I think I gave it... I I don't think I gave it a score because this came out in 2014 and I wasn't really in the habit of scoring anything. Uh, <laughs> but I'd give this a, a 5 out of 5. It's yeah. it's one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Um, and I honestly thought I, my score might come down um, watching it a second time, but no. No, it's... You right confirmed right up it. There with, yeah, just it just confirmed it, honestly, yeah. For me, uh, this is like easily a top 10 anime for me. Uh, I love it a lot, and like Carlos said, watching this again just kind of uh, you know confirmed that this is just a, f- a fantastic anime, uh, and one that I do hope to watch again soon, uh, because I know it is getting a dub, uh, and I would love to show this to my parents, uh, so maybe over the Christmas break I'll uh, sit down with them and, and watch this, but yeah, I, I can't recommend the show enough. So five out of five for me. Nice. I look forward to your two, Eric. <laughs> what? Gosh. So Do spiteful. Do I really <laughs> You know, you could tell which of us live together. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess first I'll start off by uh, talking about Soccer Quest. Because uh, before this, Soccer Quest was the only one of those three working girl anime that I saw. And despite the slow first half, I absolutely fell in love with the whole second half of that show. Uh, it had a very kind of tight focus on the main girls and each of their journeys. And I kind of really, it felt really relatable and the way everything kind of tied in. I absolutely love Soccer Request. And I had seen some of Shirabako before and I liked what I saw. Uh, but having finished 
it i i just kind of missed the lack of of character focus i know it's i talked about it a little bit earlier uh while the character arcs are good i i think i just i'd so much prefer a tight cast in shows that i really love and i really like this show uh but i don't like it as much as other ones that's a terrible statement that should be obvious uh <laughs> but i give it a four out of five really good i would watch it again there's a lot of cool references a lot of work put into it uh i think some of the more fantastical elements i'm not sure how well they fit into it but still overall really good right on. that's a respectable score yeah there's oh, nothing wow. wrong with the show being a four out of five yeah well, I mean, the way you were the way you were approaching telling us about it, it's like, oh, has he ever got to give this a one? What's no, going on here? I just didn't like it as much as Soccer Request. No, oh, I mean that's fine. that's all there is. Okay, we'll get into some uh, community reviews. Uh, we kind of uh, did this fairly quickly after finishing the show, so we don't have all of the reviews for you know all the people that watch the show. So sorry about that, but we got. Uh, a few here. I'll uh, take this first one from Native. Uh, he says, Oh shoot. Review and bullet points. Uh, Aoi Miyamori, best girl. Boss reminds me of my actual real life boss, body type and all. Speech impediment Chan still legit kind of creeps me out. Uh, shit, I haven't reviewed anything. Uh, the OST is unreasonably good. Mm. And uh, sh- show good. 4.5 out of 5. Really liked. <laughs> I will say that one thing we forgot to mention is is the OST. Like, I think yeah, we talked about it a lot during the um uh during the group watch. But uh, it is impressive what they're able to do, like making certain shows sound a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh on top of that, like we said, one of the EDs is different. It's because it's from a past anime, like a sixties anime called Andy Shucky. <laughs> And they even record an opening theme in the style it's of so you know, good. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. really good. It's really good how they did that. Um, so yeah, that also really that reminds me of a scene uh, in the anime where Aoi goes to like uh, a sound studio and gets like suckered mm. into doing a bunch of like sound work. Oh yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And I really really liked that scene and completely forgot about it until right now. Oh, so damn it, I knew I forgot something. Industry anime. Somehow forgot to bring up Isaacin. <laughs> oh, that's, hell yeah. It's like they're making which an anime. One? Keep your hands off the, uh, the Isaacin, oh, the Bush Picture Club. God, yeah. I, knew okay. I was forgetting something. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, totally. I honestly think, though, I would. Isaacin's another one I would recommend to people who have never seen anything else. Yeah, that's not a starter anime. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Edit this into the section before Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, who wants uh, to take this one from Ayu? I'll take Ayu's. Okay. Um, okay. Ayu says, uh, review for Shirobako. Let's see. This is my third time watching this, and I'm happy to say it holds up. Uh, the show takes an entertaining and relatable look at the process of making anime. I can't exactly speak for the accuracy, but it definitely felt realistic in some ways. I very much enjoy the character arcs that each of the main girls went through. It was nice 
uh, how even the side characters learned and changed from their time, excuse me, from their ex- uh, experiences um, as the show went on. Uh, the animation quality in the show was excellent and the music was awesome. Emma is definitely best girl for me. I maintain the score I gave for the show the first time I watched it, 4.5 out of 5. I will definitely be watching this again in the future and will continue to recommend it to anyone who will listen. Nice. So I'll take, I think uh, Steven's there. Yeah, I'll, I'll get Steven's. My short review, as at work at the moment, as my first time watching the show, I really enjoyed it. The characters are easy to connect with, and even though there are so many, it is easy to remember most of them, which says a lot about how much care was taken developing each of them. What connected to me most was the feeling of realism. In many ways, I have a job similar to Miyamori, where I have to coordinate between so many people and teams that all are eclectic and motivated in many different ways, so the chaos of her everyday job really hit home with me. One of the most memorable moments was the arc with Masashiro Okura, the background artist, and his backstory with the original Musashino Pro Studio. I really enjoyed the flashbacks, showing that the times and technology may be different, but the same struggles exist today in slightly different ways. Just because techniques are modern doesn't mean things are easier. The Andy's Chucky scenes in that particular episode were so well-crafted, both in style and dialogue, that is by far my favorite episode of the series. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the show with all its ups and downs causing me to laugh. The director was an excellent comedy relief. And cry, that Shizuka and Aoi scene at the end of episode 23. <laughs> exactly where it felt the creators intended. Four to five out of five. Four and a half out of five. What'd I say? <laughs> Four and a half. Yeah. That also reminds me of the... Uh, I don't know if it was in that episode, but the the scene where they kind of like use Andy's Chucky... And and they're like all sitting in the cave around the fire and it's like super meta yeah because like each character is kind of based off of people in the real person yeah yeah last one from zaffron here uh i'll keep this short and sweet i love that it was about finding your way in the adult world and not another high school drama and about the industry which seemed to be very opaque to me before but now a bit clearer it began a bit slow but picked up after a handful of episodes uh, Shirabako was funnier than I thought it would be and made me laugh a lot and feel sad some too. There were a lot of likable characters and a couple I really disliked, Taro Takanashi. Uh, <laughs> but one I but uh, not one I liked more than the others. They all had good sides and bad sides and I enjoy getting to know them. I don't know what to say about the other parts. Nothing stood out to me about it, but I generally liked the look, animation, music, and voice actors. Uh, four and a half out of five. So yeah. Um, our community averages out at four and a half out of five because that's what every single one of them gave it. You guys are really making me look like <laughs> um, a hater of this show. You uh, are a hater, Eric. Shun so, the hater. Yeah. Shun, I say. Down with him. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. So it comes, uh, <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that was fun. Yeah. It averages out with everyone's to uh, 4.625, so it's a 4.5. So sure, that yeah. works. Yeah, I will say this was a ton of fun to group watch. <laughs> Probably more so than the last one. Honestly, like the last <laughs> one was fun for oh, a different yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when people are engaged and able to talk about uh, everyone's kind of experiences with anime while watching yeah. this, is just cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So thank you to those of you who uh, who were around for this one because it was a lot of fun. I very much enjoyed watching this with you guys. 
Um, and especially uh, whenever you guys knew, like, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> Eric, when you, when you pointed out the scene from Nashka, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I enjoyed it because like a lot of like everybody kind of brought something else to the table like oh I know that reference or oh I know that reference yeah or, you know or or you guys would see something and be like wait did that say that or did that sign say that and I was like oh yeah it totally does because normally when I watch anime I'm like oblivious because you know I got friggin' ADD so mm-hmm. um that, this was a this was a good one I enjoyed this one a lot uh, and hopefully the next one is as much fun hopefully. I miss doing these spoiler casts. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the next one isn't one that you, <laughs> you feel the need to dip out. On. Which, we... I mean, fair. That last one was, oh boy. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was something. Do we know what the next one's going to be yet? No. No, we don't know yet. Okay. I'll, I guess that's dating this video. Cause I th- or this podcast. I think when it comes this out. Video. This video. What have you been doing, Carlos? <laughs> yeah, I'm recording myself. <laughs> Are you guys not recording yourself? Uh... Why am I the only one? god that'd be a boring recording anyway (laughs) (laughs) just me reacting to what you guys are saying (laughs) carlos reacts to his (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts that would actually probably get some hits on youtube because people seem to click on anything that has react in the title (laughs) uh yeah okay so that's going to do it for uh, this one. Um, but if you would like to uh, you know, get into our Discord and let us know what you thought of Shirabako, um, you can hit us up on our various social medias. We are on Twitter at anime underscore arcade. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade. We are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com. And our website is animearcade.net. Hit us up on any of those. We'll get you an invite, and uh, you can come tell us what you think. Come have fun with us. Join us for the next group watch, whatever yeah. that may be. I will say there is a front runner, so hmm. we'll, we'll see what it is. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, with that, we'll come to a close here. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
a 60s anime called Andy Shucky. The Andy Shucky scenes in that particular episode were so well crafted. The scene where they kind of like use Andy's Chucky and they're like all sitting in the cave around the fire and it's like super I think we lost Carlos. I think we lost Carlos.